0: Welcome to the Life, Success, and Legacy podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life, Success, and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own baker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace, and we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, we want to welcome everybody back uh, to our next edition of the Life, Success, and Legacy podcast. Uh, My name is Chris Bay, part of the team here at Life, Success, and Legacy, and joined by the founder... Uh, Michael K. Everett
1: good Dr. morning,
0: Everett. How are you this morning? I am
1: doing awesome.
0: <laughs> what is your doctorate in by the way?
1: Uh, a doctorate of everything <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness that
0: brings up some stories doesn't
1: it, it way too many <laughs> way too many. I was just telling uh I was just telling uh, somebody I said, you know my business partner. He always says, "Mike, I've never seen anybody talk about more things that he doesn't know anything about, <laughs> with with maximum amount of confidence."
0: That's right. That's right. It's all about the delivery, right? Oh,
1: I'm telling you, I get excited about a lot of stuff, but infinite banking might be real close to the top.
0: So we're going to test your uh, your knowledge on infinite banking today. Come on, let's dive go. In a little bit deeper. So. The last podcast we did, um, we are on page 51 um, of Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. We're in the fifth edition, and we are in section four, equipment financing. And the um, last podcast, we, we just started to open, open the, the, the window here. What we're doing is we're transitioning from personal use of infinite banking into business use. And I always say um, the concept of banking is pretty simple, infinite banking, where, where it starts to get a little more complicated, seems to be the rules uh, and, and some of the details related as exactly. the life insurance part. When you just look at banking and borrowing from yourself and paying yourself back and those kinds of things, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty simple. So, um, so that's where, you know, a coach comes in handy is to help you kind of navigate some of those additional things, because as Nelson discovered, uh, whole life insurance is the best place to store your money as your pool to use for uh, infinite banking. So we're picking up at the bottom of page 51, the second column, right at the very end of that page where it says, no matter how you look at it, the above is a pretty good scenario. Before we jump in, one of my favorite quotes uh, is in the section that we're going to talk about, and I want to open us up uh, there. Nelson says at the bottom of 52, uh, the first, first column, he says, everyone should be in two businesses, the one in which you make your living, and the other should be the banking business that finances whatever you do for a living. And of the two businesses, banking is the most important. Mm. I love that quote.
1: That is an awesome quote.
0: Yep. Okay. So let's get back to this. Set the stage for us. We've got a a gentleman who is in the logging business, and he has somehow started this uh, life insurance policy, but he really doesn't know what he's got or how to use it.
1: Well, if we go back to, and I'm gonna, we're going to kind of set the stage just a little bit more. We were in the equipment financing illustration one, where he decided to take $40,000 a year of his profits and create a whole life insurance policy designed for infinite banking. So he took the $40,000 he paid the premium for four years, $160,000. And you'll notice that he has 157,363. That's the third column from the right on page 54.
0: Okay, so on page 54, just so people, if they've got a book in front of them, page 54 is Equipment Financing Illustration 1. And Mike, you're referencing how pr- much he's put into it, the $40,000 net outlay in, in column mm-hmm.
1: one, where it says $40,000 and it's got four years. So really what he's doing is, he doesn't understand the banking portion yet. And what he's doing is taking his $40,000, he's putting it on deposit, with the life insurance company, and he's saying, hey, life insurance company, I want you to take care of all of everything that's going on. So keep in mind, from then on out, and I'm just going to touch on this for a second. He builds cash value, he's got death benefit, and at age 65, he starts pulling out $92,000 a year. I mean, if you looked at that just in general, you would go, wow, let's do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I'm going to jump over to page 55. Figure two it says the Great Wall of China. So, if you look on the far right hand side of this thing, this guy has four logging trucks. He has two tractors, and those tractors are basically the things that pick up the logs after they're cut and puts them on the logging trucks, but he has one tree share, and that's the one that just shaves off the big giant trees. Now, the tractors are twice as expensive as the trucks, and the tree share is twice as expensive as the tractors. And if you'll notice right under where it says, four trucks, two tractors and tree shares, it says $16,000 a month. That's what he is financing with the air quote regular financing company. Now just for fun, if you take sixteen thousand dollars times twelve, it's 192000 dollars a year. He is sending out the door to finance all of the junk that he's doing with his business. That's a potload of money. Yeah. It so is. if you now we're gonna we're gonna sneak back just a little bit because we started at the bay, at, at the bottom of page 51, where it says, it, it dawns on him. Says it right there, I'm paying $16,000 a month to the pool for the equipment used in my logging business. And the finance company, the gatekeeper or toll keeper, toll taker is borrowing money they lend me from life insurance companies and adding a surcharge to it and retailing it to me. <laughs> So if you go, wait a second here. The place that I'm borrowing the money is doing the same exact thing that I could possibly do for myself. So why, (laughs) this is just, that's the equivalent of my wife shopping for groceries at Winn-Dixie when we already own our own grocery store. So what we've got to do is we've got to have a shift in a brain. There has to be a major shift And the question is right here, can I finance a logging truck utilizing the cash values against my life insurance policy? Can I do this? Absolutely. He he absolutely can. so since he's the owner of the policy, he outranks all the borrowers in access to the pool that must be lent to make that life insurance plan work. So what does he decide to do? Okay, so remember, in illustration one on page 54, he decides not to do anything with it. But then all of a sudden, it dawns on, he's financing $192,000 a year, $16,000 a month. So I'm gonna, we're gonna move kind of quickly here. Um, Chris, do you think we ought to touch a little bit more on the Great Wall of China? Well, I-
0: you know, I think um, when we look at that, I, I do. I, I think we ought to break that out for people because um, it, it really, for a business owner, for them to be thinking about, okay, these premiums that I'm paying are really building that money pool. That they picture. are. And just kind of really break that down for people, if you would, that illustration on page
1: 55. Okay, so if most of the people who are listening today, understand that there's only one pool of money in the world. It doesn't matter if it's life insurance companies, finance companies, banks, whoever, everybody goes to the same pool. You and I, banks, everybody's going to the same pool. So the the problem is most of us are not putting enough money into the pool in order to access the portion of the pool, that we need in order to make infinite banking work.
0: So, Or or another way to look at it is also we're not putting enough in, but also in some cases, the rules of the pool or the access to the pool are not in favor of
1: us. Such as a 401k mutual funds, IRAs and the whole sheet match.
0: Yeah. or, Or even we don't control the rules. So for example, credit cards, bank loans, things like that. Those were all, They're all accessing the same pool, as you said, but either the rules don't benefit us or we don't control the rules.
1: We are beholden to whoever we've borrowed the money from because we're
0: outside of that Great Wall of China.
1: That's exactly right. And this is exactly what the problem is for this young gentleman who's got a logging business. So part of what we're getting people to understand is when you have your own pool through a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, the amount of premiums that you are putting into your pool makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'm going to kind of do a little sidebar right here. This is exactly why at Life Success and Legacy, we create a step-by-step strategy for every single one of our clients. We want people to know that if we can't put you in a better place tomorrow than you are today, then guess what? You probably shouldn't do IBC. At least you won't do IBC with us. But Part of the education and part of the, uh, uh, I guess, investment that everybody makes into their IBC journey is different for every coaching team. And we want to make sure that before you take a, a step off the high board, that you know what you're getting into. So we take the education piece of this very, very seriously. This is why we do these podcasts we want people to understand that life's hard enough and money's a big deal and if we can get somehow to take the emotional uh, stress of the money piece of this out and get you some freedom some flexibility then everything works differently so keep in mind you know in this particular example you're you're looking at a lot of different things that are going on, because what you've got is this big money pool, and the money pool you're putting in is premiums. Well, not only do those premiums create um, dividends, but they also create a fairly sizable amount of cash value that you have access to against your policy. And if you take a policy loan against that policy, you'll notice right under great of great wall, there's loan repayments. So we're going to, we're going to help you think about being responsible back to your own system exactly the way you would if you borrowed money from a conventional bank. If you borrow money, you got to pay it back. If you borrow money, you got to pay it back. So, it's it's important to understand that, but in that whole money pool, you have expenses to operate. The life insurance has expenses to operate their life insurance company. So, Those are also coming out of the money pool. And also you got from time to time, but not very often, somebody gonna die. So there is a death claim that is all tied into that entire financing, everything that's going on inside that money pool. That makes sense?
0: It does. Just below that, if people are looking at their book, I think we touched on this, but I I think it's really helpful to be reminded of it. Uh, Nelson says, whenever a large pool of cash is accumulated, there is always a barrier of some kind to keep most folks out. What, What whole life insurance does is it allows us to step past that barrier be inside the wall and actually control our own financing situation. That is why Nelson says everyone should be in two businesses and banking is one of them. And it's more important than whatever else you're doing. Man, That's good stuff.
1: there is so much going on on this page. It is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, when, when a life insurance company gets premiums in from, the policyholders, they have to do something with that money. Mm-hmm. So if we as policy owners don't access the availability of cash values that we have against that policy, then that life insurance company is going to take them out there. They're either going to invest them or they're going to loan them out to a finance company.
0: Why? Why?
1: because that money's got to move, it's got to flow. And so keep in mind, we, we keep things pretty, pretty basic here as our crew. So think of all the things that we got taught as consumers, as employees at our jobs. We got taught to put our money over here into a 401k, an IRA, a mutual fund and let it sit. Is that correct? Yes. Well, and then, and once again, I'm getting super basic again, and going back to some of our very first podcasts, what are those people doing with that money? They're out investing it. They're out making it flow, but yet they're telling us to let it sit. So they are doing 100% opposite of what they're telling us to do. They're telling us to let it sit, but they're moving the money. They're getting the flow. So who gets the benefit from that? They do. So we want people to understand that what we've done is we're teaching you how to create a system where you personally, whether it be personally or through business, can can create an automatic flow in your own cash flow. Mm. Man, that's good. So,
0: Mike, let's dig into now that um, this logger is starting to um, get a little bit of an understanding, and um, <laughs> talk about the financing of that that first truck exhibit one.
1: Well, in exhibit one, you'll notice that this he's is got, on page
0: fifty-six, by the way.
1: There we go. He's buying a nineteen eighty-four Peterbilt. Obviously, this was uh, this was something that Nelson did back in the. And this was early on. This was when he was really putting all of his thought processes together. But he bought it. This is a new loan. And the the cost of this truck is $65,790. That's the total cash price. So if he came in, wanted to write a check, then that's exactly the way it had happened. But you'll notice in n- number two, the down payment that he puts down on this truck is $13,190. More than likely... It was a trade-in from an old beater that he had sitting on the lot, or it could be cash. It really makes no difference. It's got cash here, but it really makes absolutely no difference. So down at the bottom in unpaid cash price, you'll notice $52,600 is the cash price. If you subtract the $13,190 from the $65,790, there's the 526 dollars So this is the financing that he is doing now that he's thought through the infinite banking concept process. So there are two places to get that money. You can either finance it at a local bank, the Great Wall of China, or because he has created, and I'm going to go back to, Illustration one for a second. In the fourth, in the fourth line, third column over from the right, he has one hundred and fifty-seven thousand three hundred sixty-three thousand dollars in cash value. Now, here's where some of the fun stuff starts. In number four, insurance. You will notice that this is the largest section on this entire page this is the required physical damage that you must carry on your car truck whatever so when you go down and borrow money for a car and you go buy a Ford what is what is one of the things that uh, the, the dealership requires before you drive it off the lot have Insurance. you got to have comprehensive and collision but you will notice in every single one of these things on collision comprehensive, it says not applicable. Hmm. I wonder why that is. And Nelson used to say this all the time. I mean, let's get real. Um, Well, before I get there, I've got to actually touch on why the not applicable is there. Because he's borrowing the money from an entity that he owns and controls. Comprehensive and collision are not essential to this, uh, to this business deal, but yet you must carry liability. That, that is just a must. But the reason why he doesn't is because he's borrowing. So he's really truly paying cash for this thing. So comp and collision are not required on this contract. Now, Nelson used to always say, he go, well, now let's get real. He goes. If you got a logging truck busting down the uh, busting down the road and it just decides to go off the off the ledge and wreck, he goes. What are you really going to get for this truck? <laughs> and chances are he's probably already made the profit on this thing, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it, it's going to probably more than likely be totaled. He's probably going to be carrying a hundred thousand pounds of logs and. Uh, probably every, everything in its way is going to get wrecked, but that's neither here nor there. So the official fees are not applicable. So if you go down to number six, you got a principal balance of um, $52,600. And then we have the finance charge of $19,496. Now, this is a commercial loan document, okay. In 99.9% of all commercial loan documents, you never see a percentage rate. You never see a percentage rate. I wonder why. Because they've got that all built in. And what they've done is they've convinced the business owner that, you know what, you're going to get a write off anyway. So uh, if you do a little calculations, you're going to find out that most of the time when you start to look at commercial loans, this is going to be somewhere between 15 and 19% as far as what they're charging. Now, who is that 19,4496 finance charge coming from? That's coming from himself to himself. Let me say that again. He's borrowing the money from uh, against the life insurance policy. He's paying cash for his truck. But yet, as a business owner, you still want to take advantage of the deductions that you can get. And so if he's paying the 19496 as a business expense, is that expense deductible? 100%. And we'll get into some of the other fine details. So You'll notice that the time balance, the contract balance is $72,096. We're gonna use $72,000 just for fun. So, if you took uh, just a quick look at this and took the $72,000, and I'm doing this on my calculator, he's gonna finance this for 48 months. And you will notice down in in 10, the payment schedule, his payment is $1,502. We're gonna use $1,500. Nelson liked rounding things off. We love rounding things off, so that means that if, if if you looked at this over the forty-eight months, he's going to pay himself fifteen hundred bucks a month. That's eighteen thousand dollars a year. Now that he's going to be paying who himself. So out of this one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars that he's already financing with the with the the gatekeepers, the toll takers, he's going to pull $18,000 a month out of this equation and pay himself. That is a, that, that's a shift in the right direction. So go ahead. ahead, ahead. No, you go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, when you talk with business owners, and they're starting to understand or or begin to kind of wrap their brains around the benefits of this. Where is it that you see most of them maybe struggling with the concept? Obviously, there's some that just jump on it right away, and they're like, "Oh, why would I not do this? This is amazing." For those who struggle, or or you know, just it doesn't click for them right away. Where are the places that you see them struggle?
1: Yeah. <sighs> Well, remember, we, we talk about the ruts in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all have uh, financial people that have told us certain things. We've all had CPAs tell us certain things. And part of what we've got to do is we've got to get past the barrier of the things that we have been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, CPAs sometimes... Cloud uh, a business owner's judgment because he's saying, "Well, you can lease the car, you can finance, it, and you can you can do all of this through your business." Well, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to add another layer in there. Um, do you have something else in mind where you would? No, like no, to- no,
0: no. I was just curious from your experience with business owners where you know if the, if they get stuck or or it doesn't click for them right away. Where are those those blind
1: spots for? Them. Well, the blind spots is because of all the things that we've already previously been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I don't, and I, I personally don't like throwing CPAs under the bus, right? but yet, but yet CPAs think in a 12 month window, mm-hmm. they don't think long-term. Oh, principle number one, think long-term. So we've got to get, we've got to get people to think down the road four, six, eight, ten 10 years, because We haven't been taught to think like that, except for when you're thinking about your 401k and your IRAs and your mutual funds, which are truly, truly not created for you. They're created for the people that actually hold that money. Right. But yet we've been duped by the system to think that they're for us. I mean, and I always say this and, Go talk to a bunch of 65 to 80 year old guys and ask them what they think about their 401k plans right now. Mm -hmm. It'll be kind of a rough, rough conversation. I guarantee you.
0: Okay. So this logging gentleman, he gets to the place where he's like, okay, I have access to this cash value (laughs) and I could take that money as a loan and loan it to my company and then make the payments back to myself. Let's pick it up from there.
1: So he borrows $52,600. So we're on illustration two on page 59. Mm -hmm. You'll notice this is the same exact illustration. He's put the $40,000 in for four years. That's $160,000. He's got $157,363. He borrows $52,600 out and he goes and pays cash for the the truck. Mm Mm-hmm. But yet we've created the note. We've created the payment schedule. He's going to pay himself fifteen, fifteen thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a month. Eighteen thousand dollars a year. But how much did he borrow? Fifty-two thousand six hundred dollars. Okay. So I'm doing this on my calculators because I want the numbers to be lined up with what's going on in the book right now. Mm-hmm. How much did he pay himself? Fifteen hundred a month or eighteen thousand? So I'm going to subtract out the $18,000 that he paid himself. And you will notice in line number five, it says negative $34,600. So this is the $52,600 minus what he paid himself over that first year. And he's still in a negative situation because he's borrowed that. So if you go to the cash value column, third, third column from the right? He had 157,363, and and in line number five, he has 129,387. We pulled out the entire $52,600. He's paid himself back $18,000. So you can see now, all of a sudden, this thing's going to start to grow. And you will notice in line six, seven, and eight, it shows the $18,000 payment coming back to himself. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind, somehow, some way, what Nelson has done in the midst of all of this, he has run six or seven calculations on every single line. Back then when he wrote this book, there was no illustration software to show this stuff. He had to do this all by hand. So, He does the very first truck from year five to year eight. And in line nine, he does one more truck. Now, we're going to scoop through this pretty quick, but you will see in line, line nine, line 13, line 17, that's when he does one truck, one truck every four years, and the same calculations are all applying to this keep in mind we all know that the that the cost of trucks is going to go up we all know that financing is more than likely going to go up but yet in order to keep things super simple and understand that we're keeping the 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 banking part of this in the logging owners control Mm -hmm. We're just using the same exact numbers. So if you go back and you think about illustration one, he put the money on deposit. And at the end of the rainbow, he had cash value, he had death benefit, but he pulled out $92,000 a year at retirement to live life. Mm-hmm. Well, in this particular example, we only finance one truck every four years, one. Let's go down to pay. Let's go down to line thirty-seven. At age sixty-five, the first year, he pulls out hundred thousand dollars. Well, before we get too excited, I'm going to go back to illustration one. In illustration one, at age sixty-five, he had one point five one seven million, and in this particular example, when in illustration two, he had one point nine eight eight million. How many trucks did he finance? One. One. Okay. So did this have anything to do with the insurance company? It had zero to do with the insurance company. It had everything to do with how he functioned with his own cash value. That's what's so unbelievable about this. So, over here in the far left column where it says total net outlay, you'll see the negative 100,000 and then the second year or, or year 38, he starts pulling out $125,000 for the rest of his life.
0: And so that's as, that's the passive income that he's just gathering now from his policy.
1: He's just taking it out. So you'll notice in the far or the second to right hand column at the bottom, he took out $2,034,800 more than he put into this thing. And what did he put into this thing? One hundred sixty grand. All he did was he accessed the cash value available against the policy and financed one truck every four years. And in the first example, in example, illustration one, when he died here, he passed on $2.4 million. In this particular example, and when he financed one truck, he passed on, million dollars to the next generation and oh by the way that death benefit goes income tax free to his beneficiaries
0: so just to, to summarize this this logger improved his situation by taking control of the banking function of financing one truck
1: one truck one truck every four years it's, it's, almost, it's almost mind-boggling.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes people get confused um, because they think by financing, you're actually improving your policy or growing your policy bigger than what it originally would have been. Um, so we've got a little bit of a comparison here between Illustration 1 and Illustration 2. And clearly, Illustration 2, the numbers are better. Can you talk a little bit about that confusion that people
1: have? Well, first of all, the, the policies only hold so many dollars. And we use the example, I don't even have a cup handy, but uh, we use the example of a cup. A when cup. You, yeah, when you fill that cup up with <laughs> water, tea, or coffee, how much will it hold? Whatever it is up to the top. When when the infinite banking policy is designed, it only is designed to hold so much money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, be it good or bad, when we design these policies, we only get them to to hold so much money. So this really goes back to thinking long-term, not being afraid to capitalize, but not stealing from your system. So many of our clients access their policy very early on. Like we do this usually in the first one or two months. And so the availability of cash value is very low for some of our personal policies and even some of our business policies because we're, we've got to have a starting place. But you will notice in the book when uh, Nelson did the twins earlier in the book, they capitalized the twins policy for seven years. In the equipment financing, he capitalized the loggers' policy for four years. Why? Because of Parkinson's Law. Because if we get a hold of that money, what are we going to do with it? We're going to spend it and it'll be gone. By creating a larger pool of money, that means that all we're doing is we have access to more dollars on the front end to be able to do something like this logging truck. But then helping people, if we're doing our coaching right, we're helping people create a financing agreement between themselves and their business so we can get that money to move back and forth between entities that they own. So they control 100% of the banking function. One
0: of the things that I'm recalling, Mike, and, and you can add to this um, and clarify it, but one of the things that I'm, I'm recalling is in ex, in uh, the Illustration 1, um, the logger obviously is not financing anything in Illustration 1. And because he's still thinking of his premium as a bill, I he do. actually is u- using. Um, dividends and paid up insurance to cover premiums that's right and so he's actually not putting as much into that policy as he could it could be even more it could be and then when he transitions to um, the second when he the second illustration where he starts um, financing his truck now he's got these payments that are going in and they he's not needing to use dividends and paid up insurance to pay premiums because he's got this extra cash flow that's going in. That's paying those premiums. Am I correct in that?
1: You're a hundred percent. So if you go back to illustration one, you'll notice it takes, it takes 17, 18 years before this thing starts turning again. If you go to illustration two, we're talking uh, one, two year eight, is when this thing starts to grow because what's happening is he's created a he's created a cash surge into the policy mm-hmm. and his payments are actually being utilized for premium dollars. Yes. So the misnomer is yeah, we're making payments back towards the policy loan that we've taken against the cash values, but yet could those policy loan repayments be premium
0: how often do we have clients who say, so now I'm doing all these policy loans and I have to pay the premium?
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? See, there's, a, there's a disconnect. Yeah. Because can you use your policy loan repayments as premium dollars?
0: Goes back to the cup example. If, if I've got, here's in this hand is a pitcher. Yep. And I'm going to take my pitcher and I'm going to pour my premium dollars and I'm going to fill up that cup. Yep. Okay. Now, the cash value that's available inside that I can use for anything. If I take a picture and I pour more more premium dollars into it, I'm going to increase the size of cash value available. But I can also do this. I can also suck out that cash value as a loan, turn around and use it to pay the premium as well.
1: That's right. So here's here's one of the cool things that that I always think about, especially when I get to illustration two. How much did he borrow for truck number one? Fifty-two thousand six hundred. How much did he pay back to finance that truck? Seventy-two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Where did those extra dollars go? They went to give him a larger pool to access as he was creating this financing machine.
0: And, he, and he's not stealing from his policy by using the dividends and the paid up insurance. That's all still in there. So so, it, it, I, I, I had this issue for a long time. I was like, so <laughs> if I just use my policy for financing things, my policy is going to grow? No, right. no. The policy is designed, and there are limitations on it. Okay, yep. if people if people say, "How do I get how do I get it to go faster or bigger?" <laughs> well, you got to start more policies or start <laughs> bigger policies originally, because you're limited by the design of the policy. Right. What this that- guy figures out is if I don't if I don't drain it by using the dividends, and if I don't use the paid up insurance then it's going to give me more capacity to finance things in the future and therefore give me more passive income in the future.
1: So keep in mind, we only used one policy here, right? We only used one policy, but how many trucks did we do? We only did one. Yeah. He's got four trucks, a tractor and a tree share that he's financing. Still
0: outside, outside the wall
1: all still outside the, the great wall of china through the financing companies right right so in all reality he has 157363 he only pulled 526 out because he still has some place to borrow additional money to get more financing taken care of
0: he does That that sounds like another podcast.
1: It does sound like another podcast. (laughs) That is awesome. It almost like we planned this or something.
0: Okay. So, so far we've shown in in, uh, the previous podcast, uh, in exhibit one, we've got this gentleman starting a policy and he's throwing $40,000 in for four years and then he just lets it sit. Yep. And then he starts sucking out passive income down the road at $92,000. That's it. Then it dawns on him that he is financing this equipment outside the wall to other people who are simply charging him interest and they're getting the money from the same places, That's this, it. the pool. And he goes, well, I've got a pool. Could I finance this truck myself? So he starts experimenting with that and he starts financing it himself and making that payment to himself instead of to the gatekeepers. Yeah. Right. So this goes well for him because now he's realizing his payments are actually funding his system rather than having to use his dividends and his paid up insurance. And he's like, oh, now my policy is doing even better. And I'm actually able to now pull out $125,000. I've got more death benefit and more cash value. This is going well. What if I finance two trucks? And we well, will pick that up with our next. Podcast. Before we
1: before we dance out of this thing, I want to throw something out. If you remember yep. back in Exhibit One in the financing agreement, mm-hmm. you know he didn't carry comp or collision, but those would have been premiums that he paid somebody else. Is that correct? Correct. To to insure his truck. Mm-hmm. Well, for him to have a thousand dollar deductible, he would have paid about twenty one hundred dollars a year for a thousand dollar deductible. Do you think he should have taken that $2,100 a year that he was going to pay the insurance company and put it back towards policy loan repayments? Absolutely. Well, maybe he should have raised that $2,100 a year to $2,500 a year and had a zero deductible and really kicked this thing in the head. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there are so many ways to think about infinite banking that really we're trying to get people to understand Everybody has a pool. We're going to show you how to access your pool and reverse change the direction of the dollars that are flowing away from you and get them to flow towards you. Yes.
0: Okay. So we're going to continue to walk this journey with this logger in our next podcast. And we're going to, we're going to walk through what it looks like to then take on a couple of pieces of equipment. Two trucks. All right. For those of you listening, thank you for joining us uh, on our Life Success Legacy podcast. We have a ball talking about this. Mike Everett, you are in your element, brother. This is a blast.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Check us out at lifesuccesslegacy.com. If you have not got a copy of Nelson's book, becoming your own banker or the case for IBC, especially if you're a business owner, we recommend the case for IBC. Um, I will also add, we have a new book in our store on our, uh, Hey, look at that look at this. With purpose, a story about financial freedom through infinite banking. Um, this is a book that, um, there are no numbers and no tables. So Unlike what we're doing today in the podcast where we're really (laughs) digging into the numbers and the details and all those kinds of things, family banking with purpose is a story. And we realize that people have different learning styles and not everybody learns by looking at tables and following the the decimal points and all that. The book is really to um, paint a picture and inspire people about what's possible to create a family banking system but it's in the context of a multi-generational family. And so if you think that is more uh, your learning style, I, I guarantee you can read it in one setting. In less than an hour and a half, you can read yeah. it. It's less than 90 pages long. Um, so if that's your style of learning, we try to provide a lot of different learning styles. If that you think that's your style, grab one of those and check it out, okay? All right, Mike Everett, good stuff. Thanks for joining us. Chris, thanks a bunch. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next uh, episode.